to Trey and the music team. And as I was sitting there and listening to the words of that song, Love in Any Language Frequently Spoken Here, I was going back, flashing back to like 20 years ago when I first started out speaking every Sunday at service. And I went, shoot. It's like every week the topic is the same. The topic is love, right? Every week the message is the same. To love one another. How am I ever going to vary it up enough to keep it interesting? (laughs) So I like to think that I've come to that, that love in every language. And that all of the different topics that I've been speaking about in all of these years have led to one place, and that is love. And what does love look like? And how can we be that love in any language with one another? i got a couple more messages. Let's see if I can keep it going. We are at the end of our series, Sacred Earth, Sacred Work, which began back in June with the idea that we were each created in original blessing, that we were each created good and very good, and that indeed it's not just you and I, but all of creation that holds that spirit, that power, that presence of the divine. And then we talked about from that understanding, recognizing and realizing each one being good and very good, having that spirit of the divine within them, we are then called to expand our capacity to hold one another in compassion, to hold one another in the understanding that, guess what, we don't always show up in that remembering. So can we hold one another in that sacred place of compassion, expand that for ourselves? And then we talked about how how this is the path of the mystic. And that there are four paths that we walk. The the path of positiva, of finding the positive, finding the good, which we are also very good at here in unity. But not stopping there, recognizing and realizing the path of the negative, that when something negative happens, God's there too. And as a mystic, we can find that divine power and presence within us during those times and stretch and expand ourselves and our understanding of who we are as God's um, living, breathing here on earth as we walk through this negativity. And then the, the path of creativity. The path of creativity says that we must take action. We must create together. We must be co-creators with the divine. It's not enough to just know love here or love here without actually sharing that love with one another. And we do that through creating together. And as we do that, it leads to the path of transformation. The transformation not only of you and I individually, but collectively. Those are the four paths of the mystic that we're constantly moving in and through each of those paths. And then we talked about expanding our our thinking beyond either or to both and so that we could celebrate the diversity that shows up as the divine in all of creation. And then last week, of course, was to give ourselves over to God. Here I am, God, use me. And so you were invited this past week to make that your practice, to begin each day with that idea. Here I am. Here I am. Use me today, God. I'm listening. I hear you. So how many took on that spiritual practice this week? Oh, I see a few hands. Here I see some hesitant hands as I do each week. Because you all know it's coming. 
And I'm wondering who has something to share about what that practice meant for them this past week, what they learned. And I see Dale, who gives me hope for politicians, because he is the one politician that I absolutely know is in integrity, serving here in Cleveland, Cuyahoga County. So yes, Dale. Woo! So I had a lot of opportunity to say send me this week. It, it, it just wasn't hard. Uh, I, uh, I signed up to lead prayer calls, and uh, I had an opportunity to speak at the dedication of the West Park Library yesterday, and, and, uh, and I didn't just say the usual things. I said that, it's, that libraries can be a window to the world and that we can learn about other people and, and learn about other cultures and learn to be understanding and to work together, which, which we all need. And uh, also, my next-door neighbor celebrated her 50th birthday, so I took it as an opportunity to uh, to give her a card and just, just write a little note about how much I appreciated her and, and her being our neighbor. And so those are some of the things. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Dale. Thank you. Beautiful. All right, anybody else? That is beautiful, Dale. So grateful. So grateful for you and the work that you do. So we're moving on today to the final one, which is on healing relationships. So as we were singing our opening song this morning, did you hear that line, I am here to be a healer for who? For who? All humanity. All humanity. I want you to stop for a moment and think about who you automatically want to push out. Well, well yeah, but not for. Right, think about it. I'm here to be a healer for all humanity. And in fact, I would have expanded that to say for all creation. I am here to be a healer for all creation. And we have healing relationships at so many levels. I've spent so much time in, in the last 20 years talking about the many relationships that we have, starting with our relationship of self. I am here to be a healer for the relationship that I have with myself. And what does that look like? I don't know about you, but I'm really aware that some of the things that I say to myself, about myself, in my mind, I would never say about anybody else. Any of you ever do that? Notice that? You are here to be a healer, to heal that relationship with you and yourself, to stop telling yourself about how unworthy you are or how unloved you are or how much of a mistake you are or anything else that you use your words in your mind to cut yourself down. This is like the foundation of unity where we know that that divine power and presence that is within us is the truth of us. And that we are here to transform the ideas that we hold in mind so that we can show up as that truth. Self-transformation. And self-transformation has been a part of the unity movement since Myrtle healed herself, since Charles took those ideas on to heal himself, and since all of the many people who have come behind them have taken on these ideas to heal themselves. 
And that's why I know you are all here. Help me to heal these thoughts that I have about myself so that I can experience that powerful, practical transformation in my life. And if you take these ideas and you live into these ideas, it will happen. But what I know for sure is that it's not enough to just stay with the healing of self. Unity got that part right. But for many years, stopped there. It's only been, I would say, in the last 15 years that I've heard a lot more conversation about the healing work that is ours to do beyond self. I used to say early on a lot, you know, what I need to do, what you need to do is focus on that inner transformation. Because as we heal our own individual consciousness, we heal the consciousness of the greater collective. Yes, that is true, but that doesn't mean that we stop there. That there's not further work to do to heal further relationships as we move out. And so in this time that I've been here at Unity Spiritual Center, when I think back to seven years ago and to who I was when I arrived here, I am so different than that person that showed up here seven years ago. And the reason is because I, with you, have continued to do the work of healing myself and then therefore looking at the transformation of the greater. And some of the work that we have done collectively that's been revealed through that healing of others, healing of our relationships, with others. And so, really key and foundational for me was the work of Sharifa Dula, that many of you remember having come and done a retreat for us where he talked about inclusivity. Did you hear the in- world, an inclusive world within our prayer for our next new minister, right? Because this community has been touched by that idea of expanding our, our, our heart, our capacity to be inclusive to draw more and more, not less and less. Now, I will also tell you that in the seven years that we've been focused on that, that I have been transforming within my own individual consciousness about that, and that I have kind of pushed our buttons collectively as a result of that, it hasn't always been easy. Sometimes as community, it's been really challenging. And I say, thank you, God. Because if we are going to be the healers for all humanity, well, guess what? Sometimes that means we're going to get pushed about that. What does that look like? How does that show up when we're together? You know, so how has that shown up here over the last seven years? Seven years ago, there weren't little uh, rainbow heart stickers, for example, on our doors. Originally, that intention was to have those rainbow stickers out by our sign or to have some rainbow flags out by the road. And for some, that felt a little too uncomfortable. Putting them on the door didn't feel so uncomfortable. And that's great. I'm glad everybody who walks through those doors knows we are an inclusive community that includes everybody because guess what? Not all of our LGBTQ families feel comfortable in every church that they go to. So when they come through these doors, seeing those hearts with that rainbow, I want them to know, here you are welcome. Here you are included. 
<laughs> just like everything else, it's not enough to just have it here. It's not enough just to have those, those hearts on the doors. What do we have to do? We have to show up and expand our capacity for compassion and include each one and say, you too are the divine. Remember when we started, we're not wearing name tags now. We haven't been since, since the shutdown and since we've reopened, but they will be coming back eventually. But remember when we put pronouns on our name tags? An optional program. Nobody had to. But that upset people. I get it. I get it. Especially the they-them pronoun. That really did it for people, right? I get it. But we are here to be the healer for all humanity. And if that means that I can understand others differently and the ways in which they would like to be named and called, then my gosh, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to invite us to do that because we are a community that is expanding our ability to include and to uplift each one. And then, of course, you know, through everything last summer, the inclusion of the ideas of how as a country we exclude and how can we expand that. And that made people uncomfortable. I get it. I get it. But we are here to be loved and loving. We are here to not only be loved, but to be loved. And that means that we need to have the ability to extend healing, to extend grace to one another. It's been a question I've been asking myself the last few weeks. How am I extending grace to others in my life so that a, a healing can take place? And that healing takes place individually in our mind, collectively through the healing of our own individual mind, and then hugely collectively, when we begin to do the work in the outer that is ours to do, to show up and be that love expression. There's one more level and layer of healing relationships that I want to talk about today. And that is the healing relationship that we share with our planet, with the earth. And the ways that we impact our planet and the earth by how we show up, individually and collectively. You've probably seen the pictures, for example, this week of Lake Mead. Anybody see that picture this week? Water level so low. And this is the water source for California. And there's concern, the wildfires that have begun again. And, of course, the extreme heat waves that have been taking place. We are called to be the healers for all creation, I'm going to say, for our planet Earth as well. And so one of the things that I'm so grateful for on this community was a couple of years ago when I came back from a national convention and said, we need to start an earth care ministry here. And several of you raised your hand and said, yeah, to that. And so I'm going to invite Sandra up. And Sandra's going to share a few words about that earth care ministry and about a part of that ministry that continues today. And I'm going to tell you as Sandra comes up that I am so proud of her because this is a stretch. 
And I said, you, you, you have no more loving audience than this loving audience that is here. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Reverend Joanne asked me to speak about healing relationships in the tower garden that you passed on the way in that the Earth Care Ministries maintains. For me personally, there's a healing of my body because I own a tower garden and I can consume healthy organic plants. Because the more plants that I consume, the lower my inflammation and the more alkaline my body can be for healing. The second healing relationship I see for our planet, because the tower garden offers healthy alternatives to our current farming practices, which consists of tilling the soil and use of pesticides and fungicides, and it also consumes 70% of our water. The third advantage of having a tower garden is helping children developing healthy habits. Juice Plus, the manufacturer of the Tower Garden, has been donating Tower Gardens to Boys and Girls Clubs of America for years. It offers free school curriculum guides with step-by-step planting and maintaining activities that are aligned with school curriculum. More than 7,500 schools were reportedly using the Tower Garden in 49 of our 50 states. Teachers and parents have reported many positive effects of using this Tower Garden in the classroom. They have found that children, especially the autistic children, involved in the classrooms with the tower garden and home-growing environments are more likely to engage in healthy eating habits and the willingness to eat the fruits and vegetables grown. When they are involved with the actual planting of the seeds, they're able to observe the plants growing and then the process of actually harvesting. And it's very exciting to see kids when they harvest for the first time because they always see plants in the grocery store. And I worked in community gardens with children, and to see them pull out a plant and say, oh, that's where it came from, it's quite exciting. Okay, um, here are some facts to support the healing relationships, and there are no specific order. Target Tower Garden uses 98% less water than conventional farming practices. It grows produce three times faster with a 30% more yield than the best soil in the world according to the University of Mississippi study. There's almost zero carbon footprint. There's no need for shipping the produce, which also reduces the loss of valuable nutrients during the transporting and storage. Tower Garden provides the highest quality of nutrition. You can use, you can use non-GMO seeds or heirloom seeds. There is no soil depletion of the nutrients. And there is intense research by NASA to support the benefits of rapid growth aeroponic systems. Today, food has declined as an average 6 to 38% in nutrients compared to pre previous generations. Zero pesticides equals clean food. With the Tower Garden, you never need to worry about food recalls or the fact that your grocery store produce has been touched an average of 24 to 26 times from the field to the grocery store. Chicago O'Hara International Airport and many restaurants are already across the country using the Tower Gardens for their own supply of daily produce. NBC News reported the Tower Garden as the number one indoor gardening system for 2021. I appreciate this opportunity to share my passion for health and eating healthy, and I'm very grateful to support the Progressive Unity community and the Earth Care Ministries. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sandra, and your passion for healing yourself 
healing the body, healing the earth, which has all come through on that little tower garden. And I know now when you walk through the door next time, you won't be looking at that tower garden in the same way. But you'll see the intention and the message behind it. And what Sandra did not say is that when there is enough produce available on there, they begin to pick it, and it's up for you to take after services so that you can all participate in that produce. So I want to share with you, uh, as I'm ending today, my scripture, which is coming from the first book of John, chapter 4, verse... Uh, I'm not going to say the verses because I know that's not all these verses I have here. This is how it, where, where, what I'm sharing. Dear friends, if God loved us this way, we also ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. If we love each other, God remains in us and God's love is made perfect in us. This is how we remain in God and God remains in us because we have been given a measure of God's Spirit. This is how we remain in God and God remains in us. Love. Loving relationships. Loving relationships with self. Loving relationships with those that you would describe as other. Loving relationships with those who push your buttons. Loving relationships with the earth and the planet. Loving relationships with those who look like you and don't look like you. Loving relationships are healing relationships. And so we are called to love one another as God loves us without condition. And this friends, is the path of the mystery. And this is how we will reveal sacred earth as we go about doing our sacred work. So our practice for this week is to live in sacred relationship with every other living thing. Our food, our health, our home, our vacations are all a part of an interconnected community. Creation hangs in the balance when we forget this connection. We acknowledge that our species and the entire Earth community depends upon the healing of harm already done and moving towards sustainability for the future and harmony that offers life-giving coexistence for all. So my question for you is, how can you embrace your responsibility to healing relationships this week. Now, I'm going to invite you to this. Choose one. Choose one. Focus on one. And make it your focus. If it's that you need to continue working on healing yourself because you're not there yet where you're able to extend it to others, then work on yourself. If that's feeling pretty good right now, then extend it to healing relationships with someone in your life that you've left out of your circle. And if you're feeling pretty good about those relationships, then look at how can I heal the relationship that I share with planet Earth and with the rest of creation. But find one focus for healing relationships this week. What is one way that you can show up differently? We're getting ready to sing it again. We are the ones that we've been waiting for. We are the ones who can make a difference. We are the ones who can change the world. We are the ones. But we cannot do so if we stay in our little boxes of status quo and comfort. 
So when you feel yourself feeling uncomfortable, when you feel your buttons getting pushed, when you feel like you don't know if you can do it anymore, take a deep breath. Affirm once again, God in me provides the way to be loved and expressing every moment of every day. Who's with me? Beautiful. Thank you. I got one more week to ask you about that, so come prepared. Uh, I do want to mention one way that you, we are we develop healing relationships here at Unity Spiritual Center is through small groups. And one of the small groups that we have going on this week um, that is back since COVID shut down is our community luncheon. So I'm really grateful to Linda who took this on after Lee passed. Um, if you can join us, it's open to everybody in the community. Tuesday at noon in the spirit room. Can they bring something, Linda? Dessert. Bring some dessert. And lunch is provided. Thank you. God bless everybody.